people. Amen and glory to God. It's podcast day. Uh, Pastor Rich here. Hope you're doing all right. Hope God is just blessing you well. I hope this first. I hope you're walking with God and therefore uh, you, you would be seeing the blessings of God in your life. But let's open up in prayer. Lord, I just pray now for every man, woman, and child that's listening today that will hear this broadcast today. I just pray, Lord, for heaven's help in Jesus' mighty name. I just thank you now, Lord, uh, for your faithfulness to us. I just pray, Lord, for just a, an understanding and anointing uh, to, to rise up, for just an anointing to understand the time, the hour, the moment we are presently living in. And may there be an urgency, at least in us, uh, New Way Church, Richard Summerlin Ministry Partners. Uh, I know there is in other people around the world, Lord, but may there be an urgency in us to do more for you, to tell more people, to preach, teach, prophesy the word of God to our generation. In Jesus' mighty name, uh, say amen to that. Well, good morning once again. God bless you. I love you. I love these days together. And the day's going to come where we're going to do more uh, days a week. I just got so so many things going on, it seems like. Uh, I was talking to Kim last night, and uh, you know, we got such a beautiful office, you know, our, our, our you know, offices are wonderful and, uh, you know, the staff and my wife have, has made a beautiful office for me and I find myself now, instead of going home in the afternoon, taking a little break, rest here and then just stay the night or uh, go grab something to eat, come back, work a little and then go to uh, dinner, so on and so forth. Uh, but my point is uh, we've been putting in long hours and we have a lot of guests in you know, we've had Dr. Seville, uh, by the unction of the Holy Spirit, the Lord said, bring in Dr. Seville. We did a three-day uh, mini-seminar conference, whatever you want to call it, with Dr. Seville recently. And then the Lord said, bring in Dr. Barclay, you know, my pastor, uh, my mentor, you know, my friend. Uh, I can't say more about him, my dad. And he's here now uh, in, in Palm Coast with us. We started off Sunday. We went uh, Sunday night over to the Bankston's Church in Apopka. Now we're here, well, last night we were here at New Way. Tonight we'll be here at New Way dealing with, uh, we've called this series the an, an end time event. We're dealing with eschatology with Dr. Barclay, going through questions and answers that a lot of church people have had questions about. But I want to, I don't want to shift gears. We are in the last days. Uh, we know according to the Bible, I've read you this and, and some of the Greek meaning in, in 2 Timothy was uh, said to us, or the verbiage was, know this, be ready for it, know this, know it now, know it later, never forget it. Uh, so we got to know where we're at, what's going on, so on and so forth. But I want to talk about, uh, you know, or teach today concerning, you know, how to, how to, how to not be drawn away. Uh, another word is uh, pr- protect your soul from being vexed. And, you know, a couple of scriptures I want to go to. I want to go to Hebrews 11. And, <clears throat> you know, we see today, and you know my stance on the demonic uh, demonic influence. I don't glorify Satan. I don't give a hand to Satan. I don't, I'm not impressed with Satan. If I would be impressed with anything of Satan at all, I would, it would be, it would be this, uh, his patience, you know, the body of Christ needs to l- learn a little more patience. Uh, his patience and his deception. He is he is so sneaky and, and evil and deceptive. And uh, uh, the body of Christ could avert 
these attacks of Satan uh, very simply by just staying in your Bibles to becoming a prayer person. Uh, you know, church attendance. That's another one. I might start a mini series on church attendance on the podcast uh, next week, but there's more to church attendance than just showing up and, and getting uh, at a boy for coming. No, uh, just let me give you the little tidbits of it. So the, the Bible says, God said, Peter, upon this rock, I'll, I'll birth or, or start my church, the rock of Jesus Christ, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Then you go into Timothy and Thessalonians, Paul's uh, letters there. Uh, Paul said that the church is withholding the Antichrist from taking his seat on his uh, earthly throne. And until we're taken out of the way, the Antichrist cannot, will not uh, take his place and will not be revealed. So we see the power that the church has against evil. Uh, the gates of hell shall not prevail. The armies of Satan shall not prevail. That's the gates, uh, Old English, are the armies, the spirits, the demons, the force of hell cannot prevail against the church or have no access to the church, lest the church lets its walls down, lets its protectors down, holiness, righteousness, uh, you know, Bible truth down, and invite him in or allow him to come in and wreak havoc. Uh, but a, a strong, good, uh, Bible, God-fearing, God-teaching, God-prophesying, um, Holy Ghost-filled, tongue-talking, uh, nine gifts, uh, nine fruit church, uh, Satan cannot penetrate uh, the perimeters of, of, of that church. That's good news. So if there's that much power that God placed within the church, there's something there for us. And we ought to go there more than one time a month, two times a month, uh, actually, it, it should become so important to us when we get a revelation that it's the church of God, it's the house of God, uh, it's the creation of God, uh, it was the intent of God that his people would come every time the doors open. I know some of you think, well, just pastor wants the attendance, or pastor wants good offerings, and that's not the truth at all. Uh, it would be like this, let's go back to Noah's day. Well, let's look at Lot's day. Now we're getting to this subject. I don't want to. I don't want to miss what I want to do. My assignment. But no one Lot's day. If maybe, just maybe, I'll stretch this so you for an example. But if Lot would have had a church, maybe Lot wouldn't have got wouldn't have become so intertwined in the world and fell in love with the world. Maybe if Lot would have had a church, maybe Lot's children. Come on, are you here? Uh, would have learned some things and learned how not to fall in love with a broken society, a fallen demonic society. Maybe if Lot would have had a pastor, had a church. Maybe Lot wouldn't have uh, you know, gotten drunk with his two daughters. Maybe his two daughters uh, would have been raised to know better. Uh, just saying, come on, are you here? Let's go back to Noah. Uh, Noah gets in the ark, Noah, his wife, his three sons and their wives. Uh, but Noah preached the preach of righteousness for a hundred years. Maybe if some people would have showed up for church service to hear Noah preach, they would escape the wrath of God. So there's more to the church than pleasing the pastor. And understand this, the church does not belong to the pastor. The, the pastor is not the president, CEO, uh, you know, whatever, the boss of the church. No, he, he, he is an overseer. He's the shepherd under Jesus Christ, under uh, heaven, under God, that God's placed here to run God's establishment. 
and to keep God's establishment in biblical order. But it's he, he's not the you know the the heavenly treasure. He's not the the money maker. He's not the uh, deal maker. He's not the rule maker. No, I, I just keep and I'm just a conduit and I f- flow with information from God uh, to to His people. And we, the people, need to be, take more pride in the church, meaning us, than we need to understand the urgency for us to come together and to be strengthened or sharpen one another in a corporate setting. So uh, that's a little tidbit. Uh, say amen to that. And the good news is, as long as you, you kind of have a conscience and your conscience says, hey, I ought to do better in church attendance, now that's good news. And, and not to feel bad to condemn yourself, but to feel bad a little bit to say I can do better, that means you you haven't become calloused uh, to the voice of God and or to the truth. Now, if you're calloused and you start fighting what I'm saying, meaning you start making excuses why you don't have to go to church or, or, or why pastor's wrong or why the word of God is wrong or why, you know, then you might want to really get serious about it because you're on your way to being calloused or seared. And we've learned uh, last night with Dr. Barclay Searsville, come on, are you here? Uh, will take you to uh, an, an, un, the unpardonable sin, and that's blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. That means you come to a place where you will not listen, not hear, and actually go against the truth and the Holy Spirit. So uh, check yourself, get some things right. Amen. Let, are you there yet? Uh, Hebrews 11, and I want to look at 24. And I'm talking about how to keep yourself free. Or how how to you know how how not to be vexed by Satan, or how not to vex yourself uh, by being tied to the world. Uh, amen, amen. And I'm reading out of the King James today, eleven uh, and twenty four, and it says like this. And I'll read once again to twenty seven. Uh, by faith, uh, Moses, when he was come uh, two years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season. That's a powerful scripture because a lot of people think we're missing out uh, on the things of God or or on the things of the world uh, by living a right life before the Lord. Uh, Be careful for that because you don't want to lose your soul. You don't want to lose all that God has in store for you for a, a tiny, small season of pleasure. I'll read it again, 25. Choosing rather to suffer affliction uh, with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season. 26. Esteeming uh, the reproach of Christ uh, greater riches than the treasure in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Let's look at this for a second now, because this is kind of what I'm seeing a lot in a lot of uh, in, in the body of Christ, or or Christians, or so-called Christians. You see, people love Jesus, and I believe that. But uh, when you come to Jesus or the knowledge of Jesus, you're supposed to be you are called out by God, and you should become a new creation in Christ. You become a spiritual, alive to God creation in Christ. The Bible said, "Old things should pass away, and behold, all things should become brand new." Now we know that happens in the spirit. Your spirit's quick and it's brand new, and we know that your soul 
now uh, should begin to fall in line to your spirit as you strengthen you know, your spirit and your soul with the things of God. Uh, but even in mature Christians, I see just like Lot that they fell in love with the world, and as and when we fall in love with the world, and the world becomes more real to us, and uh, at that point, uh, heaven becomes further away from us. The things of heaven, the promise of heaven, uh, like I don't even think a lot of Christians think about the coming of Christ. I don't. I, I think we're to a place where a lot of believers think, yeah, it might happen, it might not happen. I said the prayer, I'm on my way. But we haven't taken time to study the severe things that are recorded in God's Word. Let me say this. I believe wholeheartedly that God has done everything possibly uh, he could do for the human being, knowing how they're going to act, how they're going to live, uh, the mindset, so on and so forth. It was We were created in his image, but God doesn't sin. He doesn't act like us. He doesn't act worldly and limited like us. But he knows how we were created. He knows our abilities, our disabilities, and on and on it goes. In knowing that, God put his best foot forward to do everything possible uh, to offer us eternity with him. Everything. Uh, he put uh, scripture, scripture, scripture after scripture, truth after truth. Uh, you know, there, we have uh, Bible accounts, history, Bible history after history. We have prophecies, prophetic, uh, prophets. Um, what else? I mean, I can just go on and on. Uh, we got parables, and within the parables are, are hidden secrets for the believer that they can only, uh, you know, decipher the truth. Uh, he sent his son Jesus in love, in a person, the form of a person, uh, to, to show face, to put his feet on this planet, to overcome death, hell, and the grave, to overcome Satan. He's given us revelation of heaven, of the world to come. He's given us uh, how you make heaven, how you don't make heaven. What are the signs of backsliding? You know, what is the pathway to backsliding? Where do you, you know, how do you stop backsliding? He's given you shepherds. He's given you teachers. He's given us prophets. He's given us evangelists. Uh, come on now. And, and on and missionaries, all these dynamic uh, gifts that God has given us. He's given us the greatest gift, the Holy Spirit, the guider of heaven that, that came to this earth to guide God's people into all truths so that we make heaven. And somewhere along the way, uh, Satan has talked a lot of the body of Christ into falling in love with the world. We were never to fall in love with the world. Uh, God never intended us to fall in love uh, with his creation. He never intended us uh, to, to come, become so earthly minded. I said this the other day. My uh, Years ago, uh, someone coined this phrase, don't become so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. And as a young preacher, a lot of us, I think, thought it was a cool little cliche-ish uh, saying, but when you grow in the Lord, uh, and even you, you recognize the times we're in, uh, the fear now for me, and I don't mean fear like, ooh, I'm afraid, but the concern, if you will, is I think most of God's people have become so earthly-minded that they're no heavenly good, meaning that they don't they, they forgot about heaven. They don't have a, a desire. They don't have an urgency for the things that are coming. But let's look back at the scripture. Now, Moses had the ability to just say, yes, take the name, take the mark, if you will. 
you know, uh, lay down, you know, his spirituality to be blessed initially uh, and, and to be just showered with blessing, with ability, with influence. Come on, to be an influencer, uh, uh, to be in a great authority. And he'd say, he said, I would rather trade all this in and be persecuted uh, for what's to come. Come on now, that's pretty powerful. And a lot of people, uh, they don't understand what's to come. You know, in doing so, all right, let's look at the steps here. Moses refused to be called Pharaoh's grandson. He denied enjoying the pleasures of sin for a season. He esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. So the, the modern-day believer, uh, we could say this, we should esteem the reproach of Christ greater than the riches and treasures of this earth. Come on, there's, there's power. A lot of you have never even read this scripture or seen it this way. Uh, and then the fourth uh, point here, by faith. Now, it's only by faith you can forsake or you can, you know, make these decisions. And the Bible says, by faith, uh, Moses forsook Egypt. So by faith, you can forsake the treasures, the riches, the desires of this world. Come on, is somebody here, are you out there? Say amen or something. This is pretty good preaching uh, for a Tuesday morning uh, podcast. Uh, I'll just say amen to myself. Amen, preacher, you're preaching pretty good. Now, not only do you have uh, demons against you, pressing you, trying to vex you, and that, that word vex, oh, you should see my desk right now. It's got notes and Bibles everywhere. It's got a coffee here. I'm not trying to uh, drink it so you don't hear me slurp, uh, but it is in the morning. So there's my slurp. Uh, the, the word vex, and we see the word vex in Judges 16 with, with Samson and Delilah, but it means uh, the, the simple definition would, would mean to be poisoned, to be snared, uh, to be captured, uh, put to, uh, to be led away. And we see where uh, Samson was, was snared, uh, captured, led away, poisoned by Delilah, pressed, pressed the Bible said, pressed him daily uh, with uh, words. She pressed him daily with words. Uh, now, her words weren't delightful. They weren't God-filled. They weren't full of life. They were death words. And daily she, uh, you know, she deceived him. She tricked him with trickery, with witchcraft, manipulated him to, to finally, after a while, that pressure of her words become so great that Samson gave up the secret. Now, uh, you can be vexed by a demon spirit. You can be vexed by a person or you can vex your own soul with uh, creating appetites for the world. Well, this is going to be pretty important, and I, I'll make a little mental note, and hopefully I can pick here, uh, pick up here uh, next week uh, concerning vexing, concerning uh, you know things trying to draw you well, uh, the, you know spiritual elements, people, so on and so forth. But I want to look at this next one. It's in Second Peter um, two eighteen and nineteen, and we'll end here. Second Peter, come on, get your Bible out. Let's go to Second Peter. Uh, 2, uh, 18 and 19. Am I helping somebody? Uh, say amen. Second Peter 2, uh, 18 and 19. Pretty soon we're going to have a camera where you can come into the studio and you can watch these uh, live as well as uh, listen to them. 
Samuel 2, 18, 19, it says, For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lusts of the flesh, uh, through much wantonness, those that were clean escape from those who live in error. While the promise of them, uh, the promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption, for of whom a man is overcome, of the same he is brought uh, in bondage. So let's look at the first scripture. Uh, they speak great swelling words of vanity. Now we're talking about you know not being vexed. How to how to stop you know from being drawn away from your you know your lifestyle. Well, look at the two points here. Number one, they will speak great swelling words of vanity. Uh, first, you're great, you're important. We love you. Uh, hang out with us. We miss you. You know, we love you the way you are. You can be yourself around us. Now, this is talking about the world. Now, I, I said there's three people or three elements. You can vex you. Demons can vex you and other people. Now I'm dealing with other people. And this is how demons work through other people. Or world, The world works through other people. Number one, they're going to flatter you. So they keep the, uh, hooks in you. Everybody likes to be flattered. Everybody likes to be cheered. Everybody likes to feel loved and wanted. But if you're being flattered, cheered, loved, and wanted by uh, the enemy or by ungodly people, uh, uh, you better be careful because the Bible in Psalms 1 tells us, blessed is the man uh, who sits at the table of the righteous. Uh, blessed is, come on, you remember the scripture. Uh, it doesn't say blessed is the man that sits at the table with sinners. It doesn't say blessed is the man who is accepted by sinners and has nowhere else to go. So he settled to sit with sinners, so he's got to be blessed because he felt bad for himself and sat there. It's not what it says. Come on, are you still here? And then uh, number two, uh, they will allure uh, you through the lust of the flesh. And, and that will be uh, feeling, emotions. That's where Satan really hits the hardest uh, with words, but feelings, emotions. But they can go, even go a step further, and they can offer you to keep hooks in a, 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 a position of employment, a position even of ministry, or uh, treasures, money, vacations, you know, whatever you can be lured with is what they'll lure you with. And in doing so, once again, they, they start this vexing process. I've seen people uh, give more uh, love and attention to and loyalty uh, to an ungodly person that's vexing them in error, deceived, than they do the things of God. I've seen it. I've seen people be more, more loyal to people than the household of God, than their pastor, than their, their Christian brothers and sisters, out of offense or they're afraid back to the first scripture in Hebrews 11. They, they don't want to give up the party. They don't want to give up fun. They don't want to give up life. Hey, the day's going to come. Let me tell you right now. If you think you're giving up life partying, you know, goofing off, sin, dirty lifestyle, unclean living, uh, and you think that's that's life, that's good, well, what are you going to do when they walk you past, you know, the, the heaven's gates? What are you, you going to do when you're denied? You're going to say, oh, well, well, it was worth it. I had a, a vapor mist life of freedom and partying with my friends, feeling accepted and just living, you know. But now I got an eternity in hell with an extreme fire that never ceases in a worm that eats my flesh daily and never ceases ceases 
forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and on it goes and no hope of help. <coughs> yeah, I'll say that again. No hope of help. Once you go to hell, there's no way out forever. There's no uh, another unwritten book of Revelation that says you live there for so many years, then you come out. No, you go to hell. The, the door of hell is closed by God and his angels, and you will never leave hell forever if you let Satan vex you away from God, if you vex yourself away from God, or if you let people led by Satan lead you away from God. And, and, and you slip away into the abyss of life or the, the abyss of, of Satan or of ungodliness uh, for, for means to have a party and have a good time here on this earth and keep up with culture, uh, you miss eternity with God. And I'm telling you this, what God has in store for man, for men, women, children, for the believer, the, the true believer, what God has in store, uh, we cannot begin to fathom uh, in our earthly minds, with our in our earthly bodies, we can't even. Uh, I don't think I, I, we may be able to touch it, but we've been so brainwashed and corrupt by this world that we're limited with an earthly mindset to know the things that God has in store with uh, uh, for us in the life to come. You ought to say amen, and you ought to start correcting some things, and you ought to start putting God first place in your life, not your kids, not your kids' plays, not your kids' sports, not your businesses, not your husband, not your little creature comfort things, not your little, I got to have a meal, I can't go to church, I work late, I can't go to church. You, you better start figuring some things out, because there's a severity here uh, that if, if you miss the things of God... And if you position yourselves to be vexed or to be lukewarm, God said, I'll spew you out. Now, you might get another chance during the tribulation uh, to get hot for God, uh, but uh, a spewed out cold person, to me, biblically, doesn't look like they're going to make the rapture. Ten virgins, a virgin, uh, yeah, they all were believers. They all were believers, even though five got left behind, just five were hot, five were cold. Five had oil, and obviously oil is the fuel to heaven. Then five were without it, so they missed the call or the trumpet, the horn blow. Now, come on, are you here? The parable in Matthew, the 50, 50 parable. Uh, you can even look at Lot, 50-50 parable. Uh, you look at Lot and his family, half went, half stayed behind. Uh, come on now, I'm preaching better than what you're saying. And I'm not trying to scare you, but I'm trying to sober you up. There's too many leaders, too many believers, too many Christians that have been a Christian for too long. You're offended too easy. You're, you're still acting young and immature. You ought to be on meat, but you're still on milk. Paul said you're carnal. You're a carnal Christian. We got to come up out of the muck, out of the hog slop, and we got to take our seat, come on, in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. And we ought to be walking around like kings and high priests here on this planet in preparation to go to the next one. But if the, the desires of the world are driving you, you may be in big trouble. You should be driven by the things of God. Your, your entire worldly life should be secondary to your spiritual life. Yes, I understand you're on this earth, you're in this world, but you're not of this world, and you shouldn't act like a world person, you should act like a heavenly person. And under, you think, well, I'm going to miss out, and my kid's going to miss out. 
Well, I'd rather your kids miss out on worldly things than miss out on eternal things. I'd rather you miss out on a warm little night on the couch, a warm little date, a warm little meal, home-cooked meal after a long day's work. Uh, I'd rather you miss a, a, you know, a lifetime of those than miss a lifetime or eternity. Preaching pretty good. And, and understand this, there's going to be an answer day uh, for all of our shortcomings. There's going to be a day that we're going to have to answer to God for our sins and, and for the times where we made excuses and says no and said no to God. I don't know. I mean, we're going to make heaven, but I don't know what the, what the punishment or the results of our answers because not one of us have a good enough answer to ever say no to God than the and the things and the ways of God. You better say amen to that. And that includes prayer, Bible study, church attendance. That includes uh, come on, are you here? Uh, ministry of helps, uh, you know, and on and on it goes. The things of God that God asked the believer to be to do, or he's trying to create within you with his word, his son, and his spirit. And, and if we deny those things, why? And, and I've said this before, I'll say it again. I know you don't like it, and I'm not saying it uh, to upset you, but I'm saying it to sober you. Um, God never biblically stamped a hall pass to anybody. Now you know what a hall pass was? It was an excused absence. No, God said from the dead, well, let the dead bury the dead. They, he, had a, he had a meal or a, a, a wedding feast, which that's heaven. That's the seven-year period of heaven we enter into uh, during the, the rapture when the tribulation starts on earth. And the Bible said that many missed it because they were too busy marrying, being married, given in marriage, marrying. Uh, they were too busy uh, with business, with worldly affairs. If you interpret all that in the, the Gospels, uh, worldly affairs, family, and we can reduce it to boil it down to worldly excuses, earth excuses. They were too busy with excuses of the earth. And therefore, they missed the wedding feast, seven-year wedding feast. Please don't let that be you. Modify some things in your life. Uh, correct yourselves. Bring correction to yourself. Get things straight. Get your calendar right. Get your clock right. Get your watches right. Get your family in order. Jesus is coming several times. The Bible said, watch, 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 watch. Uh, you don't have to impress anybody on this earth, and you owe no ungodly person anything on this planet uh, except to uh, tell them about Jesus Christ. But you don't owe them a dinner. You don't owe them a lifetime of friendship. You don't owe them a soul tie. But you do owe Jesus Christ everything because he gave his everything for you. Well, amen. God bless you. Hope that helps you. Come on, we're living in great days. We're not living in dark days. We're living in great days. We're living in the greatest days uh, there have, have ever been, especially for the believer. These are accelerated times. These are extreme times with extreme blessing, extreme favor, extreme faith, and on and on it goes. Uh, but just get your head out of the sand and plug back into God. I'll see you next time, Pastor Rich, richardsummerlin.com, richardsummerlinministries, newwaychurchfl.com. Share this, uh, help some other people. God bless you.